I'm Bridget Fettesey, and this is your Dumpster Fire for the week of August 18th to the 24th. So, folks, the week started off with our president calling himself the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So obviously everybody got outraged and they said, if blah, 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 called himself the chosen one. I am the chosen one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. All, this is new rules, new game. This is a reckless, wild west that we've entered. And our president can look at the sky and call himself the chosen one. I am the chosen one. And it's hilarious because he knows that everyone's going to get outraged. I think the guy is the troll in chief. I am the chosen one. And there are those moments. I think somebody online said it best. There are moments where he breaks the fourth wall and he winks at the... That was a bad wink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great at winking. And he winks at the camera. <laughs> and he lets us know that we're in on the joke with him. So that was an outrage. What else was the dumpster fire this week? Well, there was a cover story on Variety, how Conan O'Brien and other top hosts are driving the podcast revolution. Conan O'Brien, inventor of the podcast, folks, never heard of it until Conan, one of my good friends in Australia, will give him a shout out, Ian Higgins, said, white man does something that exists, or I think he worded it better than that. White man does existing thing. And that's pretty much the it, it's so funny when something goes mainstream and Hollywood acts like this is something they just discovered. And as I said on Twitter, maybe if late night TV wasn't a biased woke suck fest, all of these guys wouldn't have to go into podcasting to make their money. Also, they're just stepping on us little people trying to make a buck in the podcast world with their big fancy audiences and their big bouncy orange hair. Guess what, Conan? This is the Thunderdome. You don't get to take our audience. We're going to take yours. <laughs> what else happened? The Atlantic wrote a piece. I don't even like to give them credit or mention them. A piece was written about Joe Rogan. It was about 8,000 words, a profile on his audience. Why is Joe Rogan so popular? He understands men in America better than most do. The rest of the country should start paying attention. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, first of all. Just that title. Why is Joe Rogan so popular? I don't know. Because he represents the average guy in America, like a normal dude, not a dude who wears skinny jeans and Scarf. drinks <laughs> a scarf and drinks his lattes in, in not Starbucks's. <laughs> I don't know. Do normal? I think normal guys drink in Starbucks, right? Sure. Cousin Maggie is my sidekick today. We might have rotating sidekicks on this show. Anything goes in my undisclosed <laughs> location. It feels like an insidious attack on Joe. I feel like there's this under, there's a passive aggressive hit on people like Joe who 
it felt like it was more disparaging of his audience. Like, oh, look at these normal men and what they like. This normal guy talking about things like like UFC. And he brings these interesting people on and has discussions with untouchables, people you're not supposed to like. And can you believe that he actually likes masculinity? This thing that we're not supposed to like anymore in our society it is insane. I will not get behind it. I am against it. And I will fight for Joe Rogan with my utmost. I won't. I don't. I don't care. Joe Rogan can take care of himself. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll kind of stand behind him. I'll stand up for him because honestly, here's the thing that drives me crazy. He is somebody who's mainstream, who fights for free speech and who I've seen these kind of sideways attacks or he's some gateway drug to the alt-right and it's just patently not true. He has millions of people who listen to him. They're very diverse, women as well. I felt this was a very sexist take to act like only men listen to Joe Rogan. Of course, his audience is predominantly men, but tons of women who have internalized the patriarchy just like me love Joe Rogan as well. And he does have interesting conversations. And the thing about Joe is that he's just curious, always so curious about the world. I also, as somebody who does comedy, feel like he there was this remark about how he gets upset because he can't say things that are politically incorrect. That's our effing job as comedians. We're not supposed to be upholding the status quo. We're supposed to look at the things that you're not allowed to talk about and talk about them. And even if that means it's the left or the people who traditionally owned comedy or the the arena of comedy, that means that we need to poke fun of that too. We should be poking fun of our president no matter what party he is. And we should be poking fun of the status quo. And I feel like Joe defends that. And when people come after him, it's this this way that undermines that and is creating this psychology for people to feel like he can essentially get canceled. It feels like laying the groundwork. I could be wrong, but that's just my kind of gut reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have a lot to say about that. What else? What else was I raging about online? Let's you guys really, if you don't see. follow me on Twitter, you should because this is the seeds of my rage. Mention your handle, please. At Bridget Fetacy. Maybe sometime when we learn technology, we'll flash it on the screen underneath. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be Sam's job. (laughs) Um, Sam, do you know how to do these fandangled magical things? You're like, I could hold up a piece of paper saying it. I can write it. Not a piece of paper for you. Okay, here's one, which was an amazing video. Real audio of the Democratic Socialist Convention plus Ugh. South Park equals best video you'll see today. Personal point of privilege. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point uh, of personal privilege. Yes. So if you haven't seen the Democratic Socialists of America video, maybe we can maybe we can find we could it. even <laughs> splice it into this video. I don't know, Perhaps. Sam. Do you know how to do these things? In Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. So the Democratic Socialists of America video went viral weeks ago. And I have this refrain, we're living in a South Park episode. And then someone spliced this together. And it was indeed like they are living in a perfect South Park episode. (laughs) Even the voices that those people actually have. Um, Personal point of privilege. Point of personal privilege. Please do not use gendered language to 
to address everyone. It sounded like they were parodying themselves. This is the age of fetacy. It's the age of fetacy. Will you please define fetacy for the world right now, Bridget? The word I made up, which I took as my last name, is fetacy. And it means when reality becomes parody or parody becomes reality. Irony squared. But really it means it's the age we're living in now. I made this word up in 2006 to describe what people often misidentified as ironic. And now it's fully just our life. It's essentially when you read a headline and you think, is that reality or parody? It's a fetishy. Now you know. And then there was the Trump painting called The Masterpiece. Oh, gosh. (laughs) The uh, John McNaughton is a famous he does these crazy political paintings with, you know, the one where Trump was on the motorcycle and all the famous people in the background. He made one of Trump sitting in front of uh, uh, he calls it the masterpiece. And it was Trump sitting in front of he was painting, which is just it's like a Monet water lilies painting. Though. It, That's what it looks like. And I was joking. You know who else loved painting? Hitler guys Hitler loved painting (laughs) that's why apparently he dropped out he got kicked did he get kicked out of art school I don't know but he wasn't very good I feel like I'm making things up now everybody was outraged because Sean Spicer was cast on Dancing with the Stars and a lot of his cast members were saying we don't feel safe and then there were articles written about how normalizing him undermines the pillars of democracy Somehow that's the breaking point. Like the tipping, the tipping point is Sean Spicer being cast on a show that like our grandparents watch. It's really popular because essentially old people watch it in nursing homes. I mean, who watches Dancing with the Stars? This is where people stars go to die. This isn't where they go for their big break. This is where you go in shame and well, I mean, I guess Tucker Carlson was on it a while ago. Or, yeah, maybe he'll end up on Fox next. Maybe it's the bus stop before Fox News. <laughs> Which isn't saying much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also viewed by a lot of people in old homes. <laughs> David David Koch died. That's David right. Koch died of the famed and infamed. In- infamous. Infamed. Is infamous. infamed? No. A word? No, it's not. I don't think so. <laughs> it should be a word. Infamy is a word. Infamed not should infamed. be a word. <laughs> of the famed and infamed Coke, bro- Coke brothers, the billionaires. Everybody was dancing on his grave online. Say what you will about anyone. Can we just not get excited when people die? I Is this too much to ask? But I just feel like if you're going to call for decency or in particular, if you're constantly online saying the cruelty is the point, the cruelty is the point. Maybe don't be cruel yourself. Try and live by the principles that you're espousing. Is that really too much for me to ask of people who are trying to get people on board with civility and decency and then go online and they're like singing ding dong the witch is dead (sighs) fair point thank you maggie you're welcome (laughs) maggie's the i'm just your yes man over here (laughs) fair point fair point (laughs) maggie will push back don't worry she'll push back when i go a little off the rails which is often (laughs) then there was the economist article 
more poor people are eating meat around the world, that means they will live longer, healthier lives. But it is bad news for the environment. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The Economist is out here with its poor people are the problem. They're the things that are going to hurt the environment. That's their big take. And yeah, the poor people are the problem, economists. I saw that and I was I was thinking, we're losing it. I love when the rich people basically just come out and they're like, yeah, the poor people are the problem. We need to get rid of them. It's, it's problematic that all of these pores are coming up and they need more meat. I don't <laughs> think you should call them pores, Bridget. <laughs> I call them pores because I want to. I'm pushing back. I'm- <laughs> She's trying to make me woke. I feel oppressed. Now it's time for a commercial break. (laughs) I'm the commercial break. (laughs) We're just trying to make you guys laugh while the world burns. Is that so wrong? I don't think so. The Washington Post put out an article saying that dogs were bad for the environment, which they might be. If you want to alienate a whole bunch of people, Tell them that dogs are the problem. And can we stop making everything a problem for the environment? As I said on Twitter, we're right one, a couple of days away from the headline or the opinion piece. If you really care about the environment, kill yourself. (laughs) I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that piece is coming if it hasn't already been written. And that's also going to be one of those pieces that is a fetishy because it sounds like satire. The... New Yorker put out an opinion piece about what is it all about? The title was Renoir took a presumptuous slavering joy in looking at naked women in engaging show an engaging show at the Clark Art Institute in Williamstown, Massachusetts centers on the painter's prodigious output of female nudes. They're trying to cancel Renoir. I'm sorry. Renoir. (laughs) And this is what broke me this week. This is the thing. Every week, I'm sure there's a thing that breaks me, but this is the week that I was broken by Jean-Claude Renoir. It's insane to me, first of all. Let me just rant. It's insane that this is happening, and I knew that this would happen because when you start finding everything, when you're problematizing every single thing in society as being misogynistic or racist or sexist from the past when you're judging the past from the context of the present there will be a problem with everything and you know who else does this isis (laughs) (laughs) they tear statues down it's an ideology though and you and you start looking back and saying anything that existed before this certain time period is problematic and we need to get rid of it. We've we've seen this over and over again and now it's happening with Jean-Claude Renoir and I will fight for Renoir huh? with my dying <laughs> breath. <laughs> I've pushed back in my own way. You can google it of of the puritanical right and the prudishness that exists sometimes in America, particularly around sexuality and nudity. And now I find that I'm having to do it with the the left too, which is crazy because these are the people who are supposed to be the most liberal. And suddenly now I'm having to post pictures of my barren breasts in defense of Jean-Claude Renoir. And I'm not going to stand here 
and let this happen. I will go down with this ship. (laughs) (laughs) Topless. (laughs) Naked. (laughs) All right. Well, that's been my report from this week. This has been your dumpster fire for the week of August 18th to the 24th. I'm Bridget Fettesee. Now make me rich. (laughs) 